hope you're having an awesome weekend. We are in a jam-packed time of our American Hardcore Swing. Just flipped the switch from Western to Southern Open. We just headed to Queens. We're out at the U.S. Open now. We've got a beautiful storefront on the grounds underneath Louis Armstrong Stadium. You enter through the East Gate. You cannot miss us. Tennis Point Store is looking fabulous. Got to say they did a tremendous job this year with the setup. So you have to, you do have to have a grounds pass to enter, but uh, come say hi to us. We'll be here all tournament long. Guys, we uh, did miss. I think we dropped right after we recorded our last show. But before I get to the US Open kind of previewing and coverage, we got to talk about what the ATP just did as far as their baseline um, drop. It's a new financial security system called Baseline, and it is to help players maintain a fair level of income that are competing. And it is uh, like a tiered system. This has been a long time coming, something that the ATP and WTA have needed for quite some time. Um, but yeah, better late than never. I just want to kind of go through the, the top things that I found interesting. Um, but yeah, so Pillar 1 is the first criteria they knocked out, which is just a guaranteed base income. This is for players that are ranked inside, inside the top 250. Um, so for the 2024 season, if you are inside the top 100, you will receive a minimum $300,000 of a base salary. If you are 101 to 175 in the world, you receive 150. And if you are ranked 176 to 250, you receive a base income of 75 grand per year. So um, pretty awesome that they finally stepped up and given these players the kind of assurance and the peace of mind that they can you know, pay for travel, pay for food, pay for uh, hotels and pay coaches and physios and everything else that kind of comes into, uh, into the fold as a professional tennis player. It's, obviously you're not with a team, you're with you know, it's an individual sport. So you gotta, those costs are covered out of your own pocket. So um, it's a lot to ask, you know, especially when you're asking these kids to chase their dreams of becoming a professional tennis player. There really is no security there. Um, also, Pillar 2 is an injury protection plan. So if you play less than nine events across the ATP Tour and Challenger circuit, this will, will kind of help you in a great way. You know, the threshold is at $200,000 for top 100 players, uh, $100,000 if you're inside the top 175 to 101 range, and then a $50,000 if you're 176 to 250. Um, so this is all taking place in 2024. It is a... Um, huge thing because you know injuries are part of the game it's you, we see it all the time in western and southern especially how many matches did we see guys go shake hands early or women i mean it was across the board it was so many people pulled out early of that tournament and i think that's just goes to shut i mean this is a very physical um it's a grueling grind for the whole year there's not a whole lot of off season in tennis right now so i think this is a huge deal and then last but not least pillar number three is a newcomer investment so this is helping rising stars uh, have access to up to $200,000 of funding upon breaking into the top 125 for the first time. Um, it's paid in advance of the following season and offset against prize money earnings. Um, so this will facilitate players' investment into their teams, resources as they break into, yeah. So just like another way for players that are coming onto the tour to just have some level of um, you know support and peace of mind that they can kind of chase this dream and not worry where their next paycheck's going to come from. And if they have to win, you know, three or four rounds just to pay their next coach or whatever. And I think all that stuff wears on these players. It makes us not see the best level of tennis we could possibly see at all times because I think that that is on players' minds at times. And, you know, what are they ranked or how many wins do they need to kind of make the next tournament run or whatever it may be. So I will say kudos to the ATP for finally getting this laid out in for 2024. Uh, it's, it's a big deal for tennis. I will say I think that the uh, Saudis have applied some pressure like we saw in golf. I think tennis did not want to be 
cop kind of um, between a rock and a hard place and kind of let the Saudis go in on it first. So great that they kind of laid this plan out there. It looks like it's um, going to help like a lot of the future talent that we're going to see coming on the, on the circuit. So shout out to the ATP. That's all I've got on that. I think that was just something that we've wondered if that would happen for a long time now, and it's great to see that's finally here. As far as U.S. Open goes, I was shocked to find out that if you lose round one at the U.S. Open in 2023, you will take home a check worth $81,500. That is incredible. I mean, Wimbledon is only paying 70, 70K, Roland Garros is 75K, and Aussie is 69K. So U.S. Open is the place that you can make the most bread if you're a ten tennis player uh, at the Grand Slam level. And in total... The prize money for the U.S. Open singles, 128-player draw, is $44.7 million. The prize money for doubles is $7.1 million. And that is significant. I mean, in, in comparison, shout out to Will Busek, who, who laid this out on Twitter. The total prize money for this week's PGA tournament, 50 players, which is 70 players less, is $20 million. So the money is there. The, fi the, the financing is there. People are supporting our game, it seems like, uh, at a, a level that, I mean, people were always wondering, you know, when the big three was kind of fading away, I mean, obviously Novak is still a strong presence in the, is a top player in the world, but um, the other two are, are gone as, as well as Serena. People kind of wondered, where would tennis fall? Is it, is it going to fall, fall to the mainstream circuit? does not look like that's the case. At least you, give, you go to the, buy the U.S. Open's prize money pool. That is pretty um, significant. But, guys, I know you're here. You guys want to talk about U.S. Open, previewing the main draw. I can't wait for it. It is a loaded slate, starting off with round one matchups that I'm looking forward to. It is going to be an epic showdown. I mean, starting off with the qualifiers in the U.S. Open, I, I was blown away by the... I mean, it's free here, obviously, at, at the U.S. Open, so a lot of the fans are getting a world-class experience walking on there. You pay for parking like 40 bucks, and you're in the grounds, and you're watching unbelievable tennis. So um, qualifying was amazing yesterday. I will, the Texas Longhorn, Elliot Spaziri, takes out Kova Savage from Illinois. That that was one of the most interesting matchups in the qualifying rounds. Two former college tennis players, two guys that uh, have a really good following in, in the U.S. market just from their success uh, on college campuses all throughout this country. So shout out to those two guys, two guys that are friends of the Pure Tennis Podcast show. Um, but, guys, let's get into the main draw Monday action. Some of these ma matches actually will be on Tuesday. But... Here's the matches that I have highlighted. I'll give you a little bit of my spiel on each. Starting off at the top, I think the most interesting matchup for me on paper is Shevchenko versus Cam Nori. You got Sasha Shevchenko playing great tennis in Cincinnati. Didn't quite have enough against Sinego, but I thought he brought a great level um, just on the fast hard courts. I thought he just continued to show his improvement. The young fella, I believe, just 22 years old. Um, ton of game, a lot of talent firepower anticipates extremely well has good feel for the game i think he reads the game really well and then he's got cam nori who is in a bit of a funk i mean to say the least i think cam nori has struggled with his confidence um we've seen him just take losses that we have not seen him take the last few few seasons uh just the guys that he's used to just kind of overwhelming with his quality of ball off both wings he seems to just be in a little bit of a vulnerable place right now especially on a fast hard court against a guy with some weapons Shevchenko not scared to take a cut at the ball. This is an opportunity for both players. Shevchenko to get an upset. Nori to kind of right himself and 
get his confidence and get his mojo back on track. Um, obviously, Norris was a top ten player not too long ago, and I think um, people kind of wonder: did he hit? A, did he kind of plateau? Did he hit a wall? What, what's kind of happened here? I think this is a great match and a great tournament for us to kind of see where Cam Nori is at this current stage of his career and kind of where he, we can see him kind of uh, to look forward to in 2024. Next matchup I've got circled is Arthur Fields versus Talon Greekspor. This matchup should be electric. Two great athletes. Arthur Fields is a young Frenchman, 18-year-old kid, great athlete, uh, moves really well, powerful, compact, um, really good on clay. I think he could be good on a hard court. It might take some time. I'm not sure. This is the year he we see him break out on the hard court, especially given how fast it is up here in Queens. But the kid's going to fight, and I just like the way he carries himself. He always seems like he's in an upbeat. Um, just kind of his mentality seems like he's always ready to compete, and he seems like he loves just being out there on the court and kind of battling. And I think he's going to go against a guy like Talon Greekspor. We saw Talon Greekspor make the final in D.C. Uh, we also saw him battle Tiafo in Cincinnati. His level has been exceptionally high. He's a top 30 player for a reason. Greek Sport has just, he just asked the, he continues to ask the question throughout the matches. I mean, he's not going to overwhelm you with like incredible shot making or anything, but he's just so solid off the ground. Solid server, can return, I mean, sticks to returns pretty well. Just a tricky customer. I think Greek Sport will, will take that matchup, but I think that's a matchup for fans to watch. I think it goes four for sure. We got the battle of two Yonex guys. We got Yoshi Nishioka with the V-Core. We got Stan Wawrinko repping the new Percept in the next matchup I'm watching for. Stan coming off a really nice summer. Made a finals on clay where he lost to Papyrin. Um, he also had a good run in Cincinnati where he took out Tiafo before he fell to Max Purcell, the Australian. Um, Stan is looking sharp. I think, you know, at 38 years old, nothing is... Um, I would say no first-rounder is going to kind of come easy at that stage in his career, but this could be a matchup. Yoshi doesn't have the weapons, I don't think, to push Stan too far beyond the baseline. I think Stan can kind of keep his positioning firm on the court and should be able to kind of uh, just, I mean, take some hacks at the, at the backhand, take some cuts at the forehand, and push Yoshi around the court. I, I do look for Stan to win this match in probably f three, maybe four sets. But I think it's going to be some really fun exchanges. I think it should be some some long rallies, one for fans to definitely watch out for in round one. Next, we got Yannick Hoffman against Yannick Sinner. This one, I think Sinner is... I think Sinner takes this one. Um, I do think he for sure takes this one. But it's, Hoffman is tricky, though. Definitely, I think he's better on natural surfaces. I think he's begun to start to find a little bit more confidence on the hard court. But... Um, I just think this is a fun matchup on paper. I think Sinner is obviously much more ready for success at this stage in his career. Um, obviously shown it last year with his level against Carlos. Uh, I think this is one that could go four, though. Just interested to see where Sinner is now. I think he's got his legs back underneath him after taking home the title in Canada. Um, and I do look for Sinner to be a contender at this, at this slam. Got to go with Ruzavoy and Rublev as my next one on the paper. We just saw these guys match up in Cincinnati. Rublev lost to Rusevori, actually. Um, coming off his title, or t he had a deep run on Kleb. I believe he had... I, actually, I don't know if he actually ended up taking on the title. He, but Rublev was playing on clay courts deep into August, which surprised me. So came into Cincinnati definitely um, not with fresh legs. Rusevori took advantage of that. And I think Rusevori, people have made this 
comparison before, but I mean, he is a, we'll say, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, RC Cola back in the day. He is like the RC Cola version of Yannick Sinner. He's got, you know, compact ground strokes, can can take hacks off both wings, pretty fluid mover. Um, he's not the best athlete, but he's he's good enough. He can move pretty well. He's got, I, I wouldn't say like any part of his game is huge, but he's just really steady off both wings. His serve is solid. It's really hard, um, I would say, to kind of just overwhelm him with power. But if one guy's going to do it, I think Rublev could rush him and speed him up. And I think Rublev gets him, but I think it's going to be a four-setter. I got one that I think this is this is where I, I you see my first lock in. I'm locking in my first upset of the draw here. You've got Karen Hatchinov versus Michael Moe. Moe is notorious for taking out big seeds at slams, it feels like, this past season. Uh, Felix and Zverev are the latest victims. I think Hatchinov is the next victim here. Hatchinov is coming off an injury, did not play in Cincinnati. I watched him practice in New York yesterday. Looks a little bit rusty. Uh, looks like his timing is not quite where we're used to seeing it, especially after last year's run here at the U.S. Open where he looked, um, I mean, really good. I mean, Hatchinov seems to make a quarters at almost every slam he's healthy at. But Mo is a guy that loves the physicality of a best-of-five match. He's all, you know he's, like, physically he's ready. Michael Moe is going to be ready. He's going to be playing with the crowd behind his back. He's got this athleticism and the forehand and the serve to cause problems. And I think once he gets that crowd into this match, this is where Hatchinov, with a little bit of rust, is going to see some trouble. I think you guys can look for Michael Moe to take out Karen Hatchinov. Next up, you've got... Oh, this is tough. I only want, I've got five more matches circled. I don't want to go through all five of these. I think we got to try to s- stick to the top dogs. So I'm going to go with Felix Azure Aliasim versus Mackenzie McDonald in my next matchup. Felix has been struggling mightily um, to find his flow. Not the player that we are, we thought he would be at this stage in his career. I know he's only 23 years old, but this was a guy that we thought would be a you know a, a top 10 player year in and year out for at least this part of his career. I just thought he was so athletic, so much firepower. He's I mean, what can't feel? It looks like what can he do? It's like he can't construct points. That's where he's falling apart these days. But he had like when you look at him, you're like, why? Why is this not going his way? He cannot seem to put together a week of good tennis in a row. Uh, I know he beat Bertini in Cincinnati. If you guys watched that match, that was not an impressive performance from either player. So I don't. I think that was kind of like a, in one way, like a kind of fake confidence. I'm not sure that actually gave him anything that he is going to kind of hold his hold his coats on and kind of uh, at least any, anything tangible there. That was a sloppy performance, but McDonald playing very good tennis. He did end up pulling out of Cincinnati with an injury. I hope he's healthy because he was playing at a high level and I think McDonald will have a great chance to do what he did against Rafa Nadal. Take out another top seed. And Felix, really not top seed anymore. Should be a top seed. What is he? I think he's what, 20th now? Um... And yeah, last matchup I've got Stefano Tsitsipas versus Milos Raonic. Raonic is making his comeback on the tour after a successful um, Toronto tournament where he took out Tiafo. I think Tsitsipas could slip up here a little bit, drop a set. He better be careful, though. I wouldn't get Raonic too comfy. Um, it, it hopefully, because if, if Raonic takes the first set and starts to sniff a, a, a one in the second or gets to a breaker in the second set, 
you can see Steph getting into some trouble here. I do think Sitsipas takes this one in four sets, but I'm definitely keeping my eye out on this one. And last but not least, I've got Zhang versus Wolf. Uh, two really fun athletes to watch. I think Wolf is desperate for a, a win or two here, just kind of to get his his confidence back um, after losing the first rounds of a couple tournaments here as of late. I think this was a, is, is a big one for him. Zhang is, is not, not not the guy that you want to uh, probably draw off your wolf in the first round just because he's he's also got weapons. And this is a uh, popcorn matchup, I think, from both sides of the court. Zhang is a big dude, six foot four, hits the ball really really well. Um, I think you're gonna have to just make him. I think Wolf is gonna have to make him defend on his backhand wing and kind of press up and wait for that inside in forehand. But really, I mean, Wolf is gonna just consistently have to lay on that backhand. I think Zhang is gonna. That's where you're gonna find him to kind of cough up the most airs. And I think Zhang on the other side is gonna have to make Wolf like make Wolf beat you from different points in the court. Don't let Wolf sit back at the baseline and just tee off on the forehand, but make him kind of move forward side to side and see what kind of variety he can handle. It's a loaded first round of action. Those are just a few of the matchups that I've circled. I've also will be keeping my eye on Humbear versus Berrettini, Herkoc versus Huesler, Fucevic versus Korda, and Lernard Teen, the Kalamazoo USDA 18's Nats title winner this year. Back-to-back -back titles, actually, he, as he takes on Tiafo in the first round. Um, those kind of round up the matches I'm watching for on the ATP side. Uh, it's going to be a loaded freaking tournament. I mean, you guys just know that the, the energy in New York is like nothing else in, in our sport. So we can't wait to see what out, what unfolds. We will be back with a, uh, a second round kind of preview, first round recap, I'm sure, here soon. Hope you guys have a great weekend. And if you guys have anything else for us to talk about, any match with you guys want us to preview or talk about, Message us on the Pure Tennis Podcast. We're always checking our, our messages. Love hearing from you guys anyway. And if you guys are in New York, say what's up. Bye.